Hello and welcome to Sox on Tap. I am Johnny Nani. I'm joined tonight by Tony Marchese. Unfortunately, the White Sox dropped this one 10-2 tonight, Tone. How does it make you feel? Uh, not great, Bob, I think is a, an appropriate response to that one. Um, Johnny, I'm, I'm just happy you're alive, man. Um, it was, it was a scary day. It was a little bit of a scary day. So, um, I'm, I'm just happy that, you know, I'm, I, I see your face right now on the, on my computer screen. Uh, you know, nothing bad happened to you because you made, you made some people pretty nervous today. Yeah, I did. So, uh, this morning I was MIA for a while. Um, a good, good all the morning and then into the early afternoon hours. Um, but that was due to all of our uh, tailgate festivities yesterday. And then I dropped uh, Brad Buzz Squires off at home. Um, and then when I got home, we had done a little uh, periscope on the Sox on Tap post game uh, last night. So I was trying to rip the audio from that so we could upload it as a podcast. Uh, that was to no avail. But the bush lights are still flowing then. And the uh, bush light drinking was to some avail. So. That, that, that's where I was uh, sleeping her off a little bit, but we're back. We're back in the content grind tone. Well, you know, it was a great time. Um, if anybody uh, has not seen the the video we recorded, uh, special guest appearance from White Sox Dave. Um, and we pretty much had the full-on tap crew. Um, uh, the Sox on tap crew, that is. Uh, minus, I think, Shy Sox Jonda wasn't with us, but Pat Comiskey was on it. Uh, Buzz was on it. Myself, Johnny Yu. We had White Sox Dave. Uh, we had a good little chat about the White Sox, what's going on with them, what what, what the future holds, and it was just good baseball talk. Uh, overall, though, before we get into tonight's game, let's let's talk about the tailgate that we had yesterday. What a, what a good time. What a good turnout. Um, I had a ton of fun, Johnny. I, I hope you did as well. Oh, absolutely. That was a blast. It was very uh, well put together. Uh Big thanks to everybody who helped organize that, all of us getting there early on time, uh, pulling up so we had multiple spaces blocked off for um, our festivities there in the parking lot and Lot B. Uh, big thanks to everyone who came out. I mean, the 108ers showed up. We had uh, My Shy Sox, who is just new to White Sox Twitter. We love meeting new people, followers, listeners. Um, and then White Sox Dave was there. Uh, Johnny Southside, Jonathan Peschler, I believe his name is. Dude flew in from uh, California. He, yeah. And yeah, so that that was excellent. I mean, I, know I think he, he's a big Northwestern guy, so uh, he was coming in for Northwestern night. But it was you know great of him to stop by because you know we interact with these people. But it's good to uh, have some FaceTime, you know. And then uh, it's a surprise we didn't realize he was coming. But uh, Frank Kaminsky, NBA player, former yeah. Wisconsin guy, uh, went to Bennett High School, so he, he's a local kid. Uh, big White Sox fan. He's always railing about that on his Twitter, always, you know, bashing the Cubs and stuff. So, uh, you know, the, the it's the South Side diehards that were out in full force last night. Love seeing it, Tone. You know, you never know who's going to show up to a Shy Sox Weekly on tap tailgate. And that's just one more reason to get out there. Uh, I mean, pretty much the whole entire crew was out in, in full force yesterday. Um, I mean, it was just good seeing everybody. I think that's one of the first events that we've thrown in this, uh, in the new on tap era, I guess you can call it. And, uh, I think everybody had a great time. We had the, the new beanbag sets out there. Uh, people were playing some bags. We had music, we had uh, a ton of beer, jello shots. I mean, it was, it was a good time. So, um, thanks like, like again, for everybody who came out. Um, and then the ball game itself, uh, I think we took over the 108 that night. We just completely took over the 108. 
Yeah, we absolutely did. I mean, it was packed with, you know, like every row had on tap shirts in it. So that was great. Uh, you know, we had a nice picture of you, me, uh, and Ron Luce from Northside Nine. Uh, he was a good sport about it, you know, rocking the black and white on tap gear. Uh, Brad Buzz Squires there, Patrick Comiskey. Uh, we, we had the full Motley crew over there in the 108. Oh, yeah. And, th- and that part of the whole experience was it was like the tailgate just continued right into uh, the 108. And if anybody hasn't, spent a game in the 108 uh i i advise you to it's 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 fun the uh i think the best part about that all johnny was the like the eighth graders that were sitting right next to us the entire (laughs) game from from canada um and that was it was a really good time yeah they they were i believe that was 106 Nine. So was that 109, 109 there? Okay, yeah. So 109 that goes down that way. Uh, they had, you know, like you said, a bunch of. Uh, it, was, it was a class, and the teacher had like, you know, come up to us after and said, "Oh, like you guys were great with the kids because we were starting Let's Go White Sox chance and they'd answer in full force with the Let's Go Blue Jays." And uh, I mean, it was fun. It was, you know, uh, just a good like banter back and forth, and uh, they enjoyed it. We enjoyed it, and uh, you know, the 108ers did too. Yeah, it was it was a really good time. Thanks to the 108 for uh for having us over in their section um i i sent a message to loaf i said i'm sorry but i'm not sorry that we kind of invaded your your space i don't know it's a week night for some of those guys they maybe wanted to have a little bit of a relaxing night um and we out we wound up you know making it into uh quite the night over there enough about our stuff and and everything about that let's talk actual white Sox baseball today's game like i said not great bob very ugly game 10 to 2 johnny and there wasn't any real bright spots in this one at least from from my vantage point uh maybe a few interesting fans in the game but um <laughs> you know i found the broadcast today to be almost just terribly cringeworthy um it was yeah. it was bad i missed hawk harrelson tonight a lot johnny um you know talking overall white Sox stuff uh benetti and stone in the in these 10 to 2 clunkers things can get really weird um any any thoughts on on today's game yeah so the game itself i mean ivan nova just terrible three innings pitch eight hits uh nine runs eight of them earned four walks one k give up three home runs they were hitting the ball hard from the first time they saw him uh, I mean, you know, it hasn't been too long since I saw him up in uh, Toronto last weekend. So uh, under a week. So, they, you know, they were used to him. They were ready for him. Um, and then at the plate, I mean, you know, not much going on. The only bright spot there, Yohan Moncada, two for four. Uh, Tim Anderson, two for four. So that was it there. But uh, Sachs went two for eight with runners in scoring position, left seven on. Um, I mean, you're just not getting much at all there. There was that no. the, both those runs came in that third inning, um, and it it was like it was just clunker. That was it. I mean, I guess another bright spot would be the uh, bullpen. Um, Juan Manaya gave up one run, but other than that, Osich, Bummer, and Burr, uh, nothing there. But that's also garbage time. That's uh, you know, there's not real pressure. The Jays aren't maybe aren't pressing as hard. They're already up, you know, by that much. The Jays so. also aren't that good. No, they're not. That's the other they thing too is they are they are not that good. Um, eighteen and twenty six on the year. Uh, they are also going through a rebuild. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, it, it's this could get ugly when we're getting into these games coming up against the Astros and then the Twins. That's our next upcoming road trip. So uh, l- let's figure it out. I mean, 
Here's something, though, that I've, I've talked about is the White Sox playing up to the level of other teams or down to the level of other teams. And I still think that holds true, but the Boston series really took that that theory from me and smacked it upside the head with a sledgehammer because you saw them come out on Friday, and I thought that the, in that series that they would continue what they did in game one. or Actually, that was a Thursday game. Um, and then they just go out and get completely slaughtered for the next three. Um, I, I'm I'm really curious to see how they play Minnesota uh, more than anything here um, in the near future. But tonight was one of those games that you know by the by the third inning you kind of had a sense of of what this night was going to be. It was just ugly. It was ugly all around. Yeah, uh, you got to throw games like this right out the window and 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 not remember them as as a club. Uh, easier said than done because the fans, you and I, Johnny, we're gonna sit here and dissect shit like this. And you know, it, it's it's scary to me. I think because you look for that stopper in the in the in the pitching staff to go stop any sort of. Uh, you know, losing streaks from happening right now, and you've only got one guy, and I feel like that's Lucas Giolito, who can be that guy to be the stopper. Who and I don't really even, tr- I don't even really trust him. Yeah, I, like I said, who who thought we would have even been saying that? I mean, you know, you and Chisex John have been big Giolito critics. Um, yep. I am, you know, on and off, but I, uh, you know, that is it, there's it's hard to put into words here and i just edited a blog right before we came on by our uh cws djt believes is his handle on twitter he wrote a nice little quick reaction piece um we put it up on the shy Sox weekly twitter uh go and check that out um because the white Sox need to do something to avoid getting trashed every fourth day and have these feel like throwaway games right from the start um but he, he offers a suggestion in there pretty interesting and i would suggest uh going and checking that one out you know, I haven't read it yet, but DJ comes at you with some some interesting takes, Johnny, and I, I enjoy his blog. Some of them are some of them are really off the cuff suggestions, like Chris Davis. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see what his his suggestion is here for you know stopping the stopping the bleeding every every fourth day. Now, one of the things that surprises me though is you've had these articles coming from NBC Sports. Um, about how the Sox don't really have any other options, and that's what I kind of wanted to get into with you because I don't think I don't think I want to focus too much on this ten-two loss. I'd kind of rather focus for the next few minutes here on what we think the Sox should do as far as this pitching staff, and I think the right answer is Dylan Cease, and I think we both know that. I think that's mm-hmm. the right answer here is is if he's already in triple a just wasting bullets in his arm why not have him waste those bullets this year against major league hitters johnny i don't understand why he's not up here there's an obvious need in chicago and recon has said over and over again yeah i was just gonna bring that up his his timeline has nothing to do with what the Sox need but i think that's he can still develop at the major league level right now, fill a need for the big league club, and continue to develop. 
I don't think that there's so much pressure on him. It's not like we're in the middle of July where we're two games out and trying to make a push and putting all this pressure on him. We still have the benefit of this being kind of a unexpected, we're not expected to compete year. And having him up against major league pitch or against major league hitters right now, I feel like is almost the same thing, if not better for him than facing AAA batters. Uh, I'm going to go to you though. Um, and give me your suggestions on what we should do here to fix this. So, yeah, I'm in agreement there. I am. I, I agree with you that guys can still develop at the major league level. I mean, I was the one with the Eloy and the check mark sign, um, you know, I maybe that was playing a little bit with the service time before they had inked him to that extension in the offseason. So, but I, I'm with you on on that page, Tony. Where uh, he, he continues development here at the big league level, not wasting bullets. Uh, if they're going to have him on innings limit, uh, yeah, let's get those innings that. up here. Let's get those innings up here, and then you know you can figure it out uh, towards the end of the season. I mean, I doubt we're we're going to be in a, you know, contending for a wild card spot. So if you need to go to your Ross Detweilers and your whatever you have down there, Don Roach, whatever, you can go to them late in, you know, August, September if you need that. But uh, the, I, I'm with you. Dylan Cease, if not, I mean, <laughs> let's call up or, uh, you know, call up Scott Boris, see what uh, Dallas Keuchel thinks about Chicago. Um Dude, and the, the sad part is, is that the, neither of those things are happening, and we no, already know it. God, no, absolutely not. Of course, of course, they're not. Um, you know, with Keiko, people, some some fans even get upset. Oh, well, you wouldn't want to give up the uh, uh, the second round draft pick. Like that's their hold up. Um, and it's Let's like, take well, a look would, at, would you rather would you rather have Dallas Keuchel or Steel Walker? Steel Walker was their second round pick last year. I was going to say, let's just go down the list of White Sox second round draft picks currently helping them get to the playoffs or do anything meaningful right now. You know, it's like the, those the the draft picks take so long to develop and pan out. Like there's there really isn't any White Sox player outside of Tim Anderson right now drafted by the White Sox who are actually doing something com- like that's considered completely meaningful right now. Can you think yep. of anybody else? No, I mean, honestly, when you're talking about like an impactful like player like that, that was pretty much it, Tim Anderson. I mean, the only other guy that's really done anything and not well is Carson Fulmer. That's true, yeah. So, so. You, you know, I could be wrong about some of the relievers. I'd have to go back and, and look. I mean, Aaron Bummer was – I don't know if he was a Sox draft pro- uh, product, but I'm pretty sure he was. Um, but as far as like – Position players or guys in the starting rotation, um, there's really not anybody who's like jumping off the page to me right now. So, yes, I would rather have Dallas Keuchel on the Sox, even if he's just in an innings eater at this point in time. Give the guy a contract, let him eat some innings. Now, I'm not saying overpay for Dallas Keuchel, but you also have an in-house op- option in Dylan Cease that you can bring in yeah, and like we just talked about, let him continue to develop at the major league level. The excuses of that. We don't have any options when there's still free agent starters on the market and you have all this money. Hey, James Shields would probably take a one year deal at this point in time, Johnny. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, I did see that floating around Twitter today and obviously we all know Shields didn't sign anywhere over the off season. He's still available. Um, I mean, hell, even Bartolo Colon is better than sitting here going after 
Oh, you know, man. like how are we going to get Ross Detweiler up here? I mean, this is I mean that this is the thing that frustrates me, man. It frustrates the hell out of me because yeah. you know you know you're not going to get the best option, but they're not even going to go after tier B or C guys. It's going to be the Ross Detweilers of the world that they're going to throw out there for the next two months. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, long extended sigh. That's about my only reaction there. Uh, they're not that's even so they, White Sox. Yeah, that's so White Sox. Uh, you know, you had said, like, you're not going to go, they're dumpster diving for guys like that, you know, like Detweiler that you had mentioned. Um, and even though Rick Hahn had said, oh, help, we may have to go, uh, with help from outside the organization to fill these needs. It's like, well, that's like saying one thing and doing the other. Um, I, I don't consider that, you know, the dumpster dive moves necessarily helping. You'd say, sure, technically it's outside the organization. But they're not helping. That you're bringing in, but it's not helping. And that's the, I think that's the thing that frustrates me too, Johnny, is what have we done to help ourselves out of this? We're We're teetering around 500 right now, which – should we be or not is up for debate just based on strength of schedule so far. But for a team that's so close to 500 and watching what the Indians have done this year, which is basically nothing, we could, we could have a better record than the Indians right now. If it wasn't for a few games that, that got out of uh, that slipped out of our reach, but it's just bothersome to me that if right now, we're not making moves that set the team up for success and hiding behind some of the, well, we're not expected to compete. How are we going to have any faith in the front office to make those moves in the year that we are expected to compete? No, that's, I mean, that's a huge, huge point there that you bring up. And we, we are all uh, very skeptical after the free agency failure, massive failure in the offseason. Do the White Sox actually have the pull the trigger, uh, go balls to the wall mentality? And I don't think they do. Um, and, I, I think it's we, it, Pete Hand, a good friend, had mentioned, you know, it, it's they don't know how to win. They, all from the players on the field up to the front office. Well, and to me, it's, you know, I understand the why are we going to waste resources and money and all this. And it's it's really easy for you and I to sit here behind a microphone and talk about how the SAC should be spending this money. But on the same page, and on the other hand here, Rick Hahn said the money will be spent. We will spend the money. Um, hey, we're just using is, their we're using their terminology. We're using their terminology. The money will be spent. We're going to go outside the organization to help the pitching staff. They said that the Kopech innings would come from outside the organization. As of right now, the only guy that's eating the Kopech innings, and I would have expected 180. I wrote I wrote a blog about this earlier. I would expect at least 180 innings coming from outside the organization to fill Kopech. And that doesn't even start to touch, you know, what what now you have to uh, get back from the Irvin Santana experiment and the 160 to 180 innings that you were expecting out of a healthy Rodon mm-hmm. for this year. And the only thing that you've done to supplement the rotation at this point is Nova. I don't consider Banuelos coming in as 
outside of the organization. I mean, you already had Kobe around here. And damn it, Johnny, tell me if I'm being crazy here. But nobody expected any sort of significant innings coming from Dylan Covey in a starter nope. role this year. No, nope, so you're already not. you're already patchworking there. The only Even... guys in this rotation are Giolito and Lopez. You literally have two major league starters in this rotation right now. Yeah, and you know, going back to Banuelo, Sarah, that you had mentioned, that's also another form of patchwork. He's a long, long uh, reliever type bullpen guy yep. so I, I and i think that's where he suited best yeah he, i think he needs to go back there as soon as he's back from his injury and he got we need away to, with one or two good help. ones yeah and they were against the orioles let's not forget that well and so. johnny johnny it's it's weird to me when you're starting to miss guys like chris Folstad. you know like no that's the, the, i'm not gonna go I'm, I'm not gonna go that bold he was a trash reliever well i wouldn't you rather see chris Volstad than player unknown right now for monday uh n- no actually no, no. no? I, I i hate chris volstead um i didn't know this stri- i didn't know this was gonna strike a chord with you yeah no i mean he, he's dude he was bad last year he was really really bad he had a really and, good uh, spring and then sucked um yeah, yeah that's true well <laughs> hector santiago let's go there yeah, no, I think that that was okay, dude. There's a there's a couple of games I was at last year where he made spot starts and uh, held his own for like six innings. So well, that's um, I feel, that's, that's what they want to do one. with Banuelos. They want Banuelos to be their Hector Santiago, a guy that can, and they they're trying to do that with Dylan Covey too, a guy that can come in and start, but then also if they have enough good pitching, be a long reliever. Yeah, so that that uh, situation there, like I agree they're trying to make him that guy. We got to remember Hector Santiago was a starter for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was an established guy, knew how to work around certain situations, um, and he, so he could stretch it out. And the, when he, he was used not as a starter the full season, he, he was a long relief guy for a lot of it last year. So, yeah, I would say I'm missing a Hector Santiago type right now. That's a better one than Chris Volstead. So, yeah. I should have went Hector Santiago there first. I don't know why I went Chris Volstead. I think it was the spring training that was getting in your mind. It, it probably was. Yeah. It, you know, it, I'm going to say it absolutely was. His spring training, he looked like he had a spot on this roster as a long reliever, if not a starter, and then just completely went 180. Yeah, um, wheels fell off. Yeah, wheels fell off. But, I mean, that's what you get when you have guys like Chris Volstead on your roster. Um, yep. That's so White Sox. Um, Want to get to tomorrow? Yeah, let's get to tomorrow. Uh, another game that both you and I will be attending. Um, we've been we've been having a lot of these games, Johnny. We've been crossing paths a lot down at the ballpark. It's been fun. But uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the, uh, the, the pitching matchup that we got going on tomorrow? Yeah, so tomorrow's a new day, guys. You know, we sit there and rant, and there's definitely some problems there. But, you know, tomorrow's a new day. It's a beautiful thing about baseball. 10-2 loss uh, still means you get to wake up, play again tomorrow. And it is a 110 start. Lucas Giolito will be on the hill for the White Sox. And then uh, it was TBA right now for the Blue Jays. But we did a little digging, the on-tap difference here, and found that um, Ben Nicholson-Smith from Sportsnet Canada says that uh, Ryan Furabend 
is supposed to start for the Blue Jays tomorrow, and he is a veteran knuckleballer with terrible stats. Stone negative one point four career B WAR. He's two and eleven, seven point one five ERA through thirty one games in his career. So uh, let's get to him. That's all I have to say about him. So the White Sox. I I haven't really done any stat digging here, but I just don't feel like they fare very well against knuckleballers. It just doesn't seem like something that the White Sox would fare well against. But I did do a little bit of digging here. The Blue Jays have no idea who they're going to have catch for this guy. Catching a knuckleballer is an art within itself. So um, I'm expecting some pass balls. I'm expecting if Tim Anderson can get on base tomorrow to be all over the base pass. This would be a, a very good time to, you know, for, for Tim Anderson to just lay off some pitches and maybe take a walk or two, get on base, disrupt this guy. Um, I do have to say this, Johnny, for the first time, and this is this is historic, thank God I am attending on a Lucas Giolito day. Yes. You know, I like, agree. I don't think I, I might never say that again. So just, you know, uh, I hate to give Jordan Lazowski more ammo, but thank God Lucas Giolito is starting tomorrow. I hope he listens and, and hears me say that. But um, I think this is a very winnable game for the White Sox. We talk about winnable games ahead when we do, you know, Shy Sox Weekly, Four Feathers, even this show. This is a very winnable game for the White Sox. They're calling up a guy who is a knuckleballer who's not good. They have no idea who's going to catch him. And... You know, the Sox are coming off of a night where the bats were slow into a day game. And, and one thing that's really important about tomorrow, Johnny, what is the weather forecast? Oh, the weather is beautiful tomorrow, Tone. It should be in the uh, upper 70s to low 80s. So um, I'm looking forward to that. And it's supposed to be sunny. No chance of rain in the forecast for the game hours. So um, that means we're probably going to get out there and grill a little bit before the game. I think we are. But what happens when it gets really warm, Johnny, in that ballpark? Ooh, the balls just fly off the bat. The balls uh, any, just fly anything off the bat. can go out. Yes. So I'm expecting some dingers tomorrow. Um, I'm hoping we get at least two or three of them. I, I want to see some fireworks. Um, and if Lucas Giolito can pitch like he's been pitching, and now because I've talked about it and because I said I can't wait to see it, tomorrow's going to be Lucas Giolito's worst game of the year. But that's just how the cookies crumble when I talk about a player, um, and you know it. You know it to be true. Yeah, I'm I hoping do. not to jinx myself. I don't have any wood to knock on around here, but that's probably what's going to happen. I got but in my you. mind. In my mind, Lucas Giulio is going to come out and continue to stay true to form of what he's had this year. The Sox are going to hit a few homers. This guy's going to be wild. They're going to be running on all over the base pass. Tim Anderson. Two to three stolen bases tomorrow. I think this is a White Sox winner. Go into Sunday, and you got Raylo on the mound, and you lock up these next two games. At least that's the plan. I'm looking forward to grilling tomorrow, though. You, you got me hungry now. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I'm going to bring some burgers. That'll be a good time. Um, but I am predicting White Sox win as well. I think it's going to be a little bit of a high scoring. Maybe Giolito gives up some runs too. But I'm going to go with like 9-4 to four White Sox winner. 9-4 to four White Sox winner. Who you got pick to click? Let's uh, let's close out with the pick to click for tomorrow. 
I'll go with Pito, Jose Abreu, um, knuckleballer. Uh, I mean, Jose can hit him a mile. So let's let's see him put one on the ninety ninety four on the Dan Ryan tomorrow. There we go. Uh, you actually stole my 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 thought there for pick to click. Um, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna double down on it. Why not? Why not double down on the pick to click, Jose Hell Abreu? Yeah. Um, let's let's lay it right down there. Uh, I'm not trying to be trying to be different for being uh, the sake of difference. Uh, I I actually thought the exact same thing. It just seems like this might be a good game for him to to go yard and um, yeah. Uh, hopefully we are closing it down tomorrow with a White Sox winner, Johnny. Looking forward to it. Um, you got anything else? Uh, no, that's all. Yeah, I just want to say thank you again to everybody who came out to the Shy Sox Weekly on Tap Sportsnet tailgate. Um, it was great seeing a lot of familiar faces, some new ones. So, uh, yeah, just, just thanks for coming out, and just be sure to be checking out on tapsportsnet.com. Plenty of great blogs and podcasts posted there daily. Absolutely, Johnny. Well, cheers, my friend. Can't wait to see you tomorrow down at the ballpark. Let's go White Sox. Let's go White Sox.